Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hey, everybody. Chad Madden here with the Grow Your Practice podcast. And today we have a very special guest. Doug Adams is with uh, Run DNA. I had the opportunity to meet Doug um, here recently at an event that we were both at in Orlando, Breakthrough Live event in Orlando here a month or two ago. And uh, I had the opportunity to utilize and work with Doug, run on uh, the treadmill and have my gait analyzed. So in this episode, we're going to get into talking about what Run DNA is. And then Doug's going to share everything from research to specific applications and everything else for Run DNA. So welcome to the podcast here, Doug. Thanks, Chad, for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome. So uh, to start, can you give us an idea of uh, your background, how you got into um, the ultimately your professional career, where you started, and how you ended up here uh, with Run DNA? Yeah, the, uh, definitely. So I started, I'm a physical therapist by trade, and but growing up, I had always been really involved in recreational activities of like, you know, I started triathlons in high school and really loved endurance-based activities. So had a lot of great involvement with that. And then when I went to University of Delaware for PT school, I was very fortunate to have a lot of research-minded professors that were doing great things. And some of them were really leading the way in running and, and industry there. So um, continued on with my residency after my uh, doctorate at UD and really had a good opportunity to continue doing gait analysis with Irene Davis and Rich Willey, who are two big name running researchers. And the three of us did gait analysis that people would travel to from all over the world to come to a gait analysis. And I was just, you know, a little bit of who and, and timing luck. I was the guy that got to take all the notes and write everything up and, and have them tell me how I was doing everything wrong at first. But I uh, really loved getting that experience and, and just got the, the running bug at that point that knew that this was something I wanted to focus my career on. So after residency, I continued even doing some research uh, through the University of Delaware and working with my colleagues there. And we did a lot of 3D analysis and we started noticing patterns with the runners. We started seeing that maybe there's not a perfect way to run, but we did notice that there were some pretty common patterns that people did that we knew in the literature really caused increased stress on the body that would put them at risk for injury or, or loss of performance. So actually early, this is around 2013, 2014, we had started teaching a course um, around running and even expanded that and created our certified running gait analyst courses. And when we did that, we really looked at about gait and we started talking about those five categories of uh, gait impairments that we saw commonly in runners. And then we expanded and we started to include something called a runner readiness assessment where we started to look at mobility and motor control throughout the, the whole body for um, runners there specifically and, and had a lot of great interactions with people. That was a live course that we, we spent two days just teaching gait analysis, really hands-on. Um, and then we expanded to level two um, and we started seeing a lot more of uh, like handling more complicated matters. Um, and then around 2019, we started working with the military and we started getting some grants um, from the Air Force to bring our solution to their need. Um, running injuries are very high in the military. So um, we actually put an algorithm into the software that interpreted all of the information. We took those five categories 
um, from the certified Renegade Ask to level one and expand those into 12 categories that give really specific cues of how to change and improve form. And then kind of package that all together with a portal where we say, hey, let's send the report. Let's put everything the runner needs in one place in an easy accessible online format so that they know exactly what they're doing um, and exactly how they uh, need to improve their form. Cause if you're going to measure something like, let's make sure that we're, we know what to do next. Um, so uh, that's, you know, we've expanded from there. We've got a lot of um, PT sites uh, and running retail and, and lots of even gyms and uh, places now that are utilizing our equipment across the world. Um, and it's, we just keep growing that and, and building on it. So that's, I basically became a giant running nerd and, and just focused on running all day long there. Love it. Uh, and just from the personal experience, which we'll be sharing here in a second, and you can share my category and everything else, I uh, would love to talk about that. Um, yeah, from experience, super helpful, uh, literally changed how I thought about running and you did that. What did that take, Doug? About 10 minutes total? It, it was yeah. unreal. Um, can you give the the backstory too of uh, Run DNA and how that started and uh, when it started and ultimately um, how you're, uh, you started to talk about it, but how you're delivering value to uh, therapists all over the world that are, that are helping runners. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, we really started with education and I think really at the center of what we do is we, we are, our mission at Parent DNA is to elevate um, the community of running so that people can run till they're a hundred is what we say. We kind of shorten that, like, run until you're 100. Um, but what we say is that, you know, we want people to be happy and healthy when they get there at 102. And we're we're really saying, let's focus on the things and let's elevate the community of people in, in, in the running community and say, the professionals that they trust, the runners, let's make sure that they have the tools and resources because there's this perceived simplicity about running that you can just put on shoes and go and everyone runs the way that they run. And, and that's where we see a lot of uh, just misperceptions about the sport. So we started Run DNA. Uh, we really started an education company that we had that was called Learn With Ace. And we taught a lot of courses. And then we kind of spun off in that 2014, 2015 Run DNA just to be really focused on the running aspect of that. And that's when a lot of the courses really took off. And then around 2016 or 2017 is when we actually developed a 3D portable motion analysis system. So I, you know, kind of going back to the origin story, when I got out of the research world, I really missed having access to the 3D cameras because it really showed me a lot of information about what the runner needed and where I needed to prioritize. Because it's really easy to look at somebody and just like, you know, shame them for all the things that they're doing wrong. Like, oh, your arms are off and your legs are off and, you know, you're pronating it's very easy to highlight those things, but it's harder to say, if we do this one thing, I think that everything else is going to have improvement as well. So in 26, late 2016, early 2017, we developed a portable 3D motion analysis system that we call the Helix 3D. And we really, I had looked into buying my own system at the time and said, well, I don't have $250,000 sitting around. So I might as well try to build something myself and see if I can just start a company and, and really focus on it being very actionable. So that's really what the flagship uh, product of the company is. If we start, it's all rooted in the, in the education. And we say, you know, teaching and the courses, you don't have to use 3D 
to really get benefit from the courses because we're teaching a common language around running. We're teaching a systematic approach of how to look at runners so that we get repeatable, excellent results there. And that's at the foundation of what we do. And then we're adding technology and resources along the way that make providers be as skilled as possible and give them all the tools and resources that they need. So one, they can get those excellent results and and treat the types of patients that they want, but they also see a great return on investment and it's a viable business model as well. Yeah. Let let me tell you uh, just a personal story that jumped out for me when I first saw what you were doing Um, and going through the 3D analysis myself. So running analysis without any sort of objectivity is rather subjective. And I know we think it's 100%, uh, you know, we can all pick up, you know, every ground reaction force and everything else where all these, you know, uh, savants walking around, just being able to pick people apart in their biomechanical, uh, you know, and provide biomechanical analysis. But early on uh, with a clinician who I very much respect, I remember we had an elite, cross-country runner, like state level, state championship potential. And I looked at it that she had a a pelvic issue and I had treated the pelvis. And he looked at it that she had uh, an overpronation issue and treated her foot. In the end, I was very convinced that my way of looking at everything was the right way. And he was very convinced that his, and, you know, early on inexperienced, had a polite, a uh, healthy conflict disagreement around uh, what she really had going on. Um, I still think I'm right. I'm sure if you interviewed that therapist, he would think the same thing. But the second that you get to 3D analysis, that the whole conflict goes away because you can look at the quality of movement. It is very, it, you know, it's an exact replication of what is going on. And to me, that just, it made all the sense in the world that, wow, like you, you're just cutting through all the noise all the subjectivity, and you're able to address exactly what is going on. Um, so I, I appreciated that part of it. The, in, in the, again, the personal application. So you did a, we did a running analysis of my horrific running gait, whatever we want to call it. Um, what, uh, and not a runner by any means, um, haven't run in a long time. And oddly I had a, I was training for a marathon was up to like uh, 17 mile runs and had right knee pain from an old right ankle injury and just said, this is horrible. I'm never going to do this again and found other ways to exercise. Um, What did you see when I was running? I I remember what the prompt was. I forget what the category was, Doug. And then can you talk through how somebody with my category of, let's call it a dysfunction or non-optimal movement, how I would uh, address that that deficit moving forward so that I actually run more efficiently and with less risk of in, less lower risk of injury. Yeah. No, Chad, you're, you had a lot of great things about your form. So you might not be a runner anymore, but you had some, some really good things going for you there. So, um, yeah. you're being too generous. Uh, too generous. <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause too, one of my favorite things is when we do a gate analysis and somebody's like, I'm not a runner or like, I only run when I'm chased or I hate running. Right. And we do a lot of that with the military because it's a forced requirement that a lot of people run. And so it's, it's really pretty fun. And I take that as like, oh, game on, right? Like, let's go. Let me show you that running doesn't have to suck, right? That is not the nest, uh, the best uh, slogan, but uh, something in the military that really speaks to a lot of our, our end users there. But 
Um, you know, we put a channel on and, and I think it was really interesting because there are a lot of things and I've actually got your report up and we see, we can see, um, and I can look at it cause everything goes on the run DNA portal. Um, and so his report gets sent to him. So it's also nice. I don't have to do a whole lot of paperwork on the back end there. Um, uh, but Chad, you know, a lot of things, but we definitely, to your point about your own, um, dispute with your colleague there, healthy dispute. I think that it does eliminate a lot of the subjectivity around it that we see. And there's another element of this too, of getting the buy-in of the runner, right? Um, and what you experienced when you saw this as a clinician, but also as a runner and athlete is that they see this and they might intuitively think like, oh yeah, you know, I've had some right pain or I've had some left pain. And then they see, wow, my left and my right are very different and it's by a sizable difference then we really start to notice that we have to address some of those things and and really look at that of how we can improve that. So um, Chad was fell into a category of what we call a collapser contralateral pelvic drop. And what that means, that's one of our 12 categories that we teach in the level two certified running gate analyst course. And each of those categories has specific drills, warm up, gate retraining cues that we can go to that really help out to help improve form and technique. Um, and the goal of the gate analysis is to really get you to feel a difference in that form and technique. So when we looked at Chad, like some of the things that stood out as being, uh, you know, strong right off the bat, you know, a cadence of 174, nice high cadence there. There's no magic number with that, despite some of uh, the runner's world uh, publications that we has, see out has there. has to be 180 or it's wrong, right? 180. Or 180. 180. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's got to be. No matter what speed, no matter what pace, no matter what height, you're 180 and you're good. Um, if only that were the case. But um, so, you know, one of the things we look at more importantly, I think, than the cadence, we look at a number called strike from center of mass and we measure how far your foot lands in front of your body, which is associated with some braking forces that typically slow people down and also increase the stress on the body. So Chad's was at 27 on both sides, which is really nice. We like that from a symmetry standpoint, but I also like that number to be 29 or less. So he had some good mechanics with that that was really helpful. Then as we start to break it down and we look at each phase by phase, and when we get to mid-stance phase, that's where we saw a little bit of things that we would want to address and identify. Um, specifically the collapsing on the left side. Um, so, and that's where we came up with that collapser contralateral pelvic drop. So just for comparison, you know, foot pronation on the left was 10 degrees and on the right, one degree. We saw peak uh, hip adduction, nine degrees on the left and three degrees on the right. We saw internal rotation of eight degrees on the left of the hip and five degrees on the right. And then last we saw pelvic drop, five degrees on the left and one degree on the right. And what we see with that, one of the things we teach in the courses, which is always really helpful, is every one degree difference in contralateral pelvic drop is 80% more likely to be injured on that side. So a four degree difference, right? 320% more likely to be injured on left side versus right side for that. Um, so those numbers are really engaging. But then, you know, again, you, you equip the runner with this information, but then it's like they immediately want to know what to do with it. Um, so we had you do some knee drive drills, if, if I'm remembering it right. Is that correct, uh, Jen? I yeah, I still remember exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So we 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 get him to feel what it feels like to drive his knee, and there's some very specific way that we teach how to drive your knee. 
we use a cube instead of juggling a soccer ball, you're kneeing a soccer ball down a field. And so these are things that we teach in the courses. We say, and what we did when we worked with the military is we analyzed thousands of people that we had done a gain analysis on. And we said, these are the mechanics that we want to address. And we had named the subsequent trials of what cue did we do to change it? And we saw, wow, like this group, when we see these mechanics, this group really does well with this cue. And then we started doing some data analytics and found that that was really helpful. So we got Chad to start driving his knee a bit more um, and getting the foot off the ground a little bit quicker. And we saw a significant reduction in those values that we were looking at. And most importantly, I think Chad was able to really feel, hey, this this is different, right? This is something that doesn't feel as much impact and you can notice a change in it, which is what we're looking, that that's much easier to replicate. Right. But how do we get you to feel that is the important part. Yeah, exactly. The, and Doug, you can take the take us the whole way through the whole life cycle, too, because I've been getting emails yeah. almost every day about yeah. exactly what to do in terms of exercise and how to correct it long term, which is super. Yeah. Valuable. So yeah. one of the things like when you so the software generates the category for you and then you can hit a button that says export to cloud. So that sends the report to the online, the Run DNA portal, uh, and then they can access that. But also when you select that collapse or contralateral pelvic drop category, a four to six week program, depending on which category they are, gets put onto their calendar. And what then it does, it has a specific set of drills and it says, here's your warm up. here, I want you to do the marching drills, I want you to do the wall drill, and then I want you to do a gait retraining program. And it says, focus on your form, and we start off with motor learning principles, right? We need to change their motor patterns or motor behaviors. And we get them to start by just doing simply, hey, run for seven sets of two minutes run, one minute walk. Um, I work, I'm the team PT for an Adidas professional running team. I work with some of the fastest runners in the world. And I get them all when I change their form to do a walk run. These are people that can run a 351 mile and they're doing run walk. And they look at me a little crazy at first, but then they start doing it and they realize, wow, you know, I, I needed that little break, right? Because this is new pattern. And we're saying that you became efficient at the way that you ran, but maybe that wasn't the most efficient way you can run. So we need to give your body time to adjust. And what we see in the literature is about after two to three weeks, you really start to adapt this and it becomes really a lot more efficient for you because you start to relax the other muscles when you first do it. Like I love, like motor learning is one of the things I think all clinicians should just geek out about and love to study it and look at how we change movement patterns because we're really going to see a lot of changes with that. And I love watching learning happen within and between sessions. So I love to see somebody get up and the first time they start driving the knees or doing whatever cue we're giving them, they're like, this is awkward. This feels weird, but it doesn't, but I like it. Like I intuitively like it. I don't know why, but I like it. Um, and then I say, okay, great. Now run your old way. And as soon as they run their old way, they're like, no, I don't want to. That, that hurts. It feels bad. But then you say, great, just play around with it for another minute or two. And I have to try to just be quiet as a clinician and let them see, witness the learning. And we see that and it's so great to see. And then, you know, part of this is, you know, we teach a lot about the business side of things too, but you know, the best practice is when you're doing gateway training is we need to give feedback again, fairly in a short term. So, um, part of the origin story that I did mention is that 
in 2018, I started my own cash-based physical therapy clinic called Omega Project that is just focused on working with endurance athletes. And we really found a very successful business model saying, hey, we're providing this gait analysis, but we're also saying we need to get you there. Like, we don't want you to just say like, good luck, here you go. We can guide them through, put a plan of care together that really helps them and assists them to get to where they want to go. People that are already investing in marathon training or 5K training, they want to see that through. Um, and we've created a, a really good environment that we've seen a lot of success because just like Chad's been getting the emails, it sends an email every day saying, here's the workout, here's what you need to be doing. They can reschedule it. They can go back and repeat things. It just, we wanted to remove all the barriers, both for the clinician to say, hey, you know, I want to focus on working with that person and I want to spend my time. I don't want to sit there drawing lines on an iPad and like going through a couple things and trying to convince you this is what's happening. I want the computer you only need 10 seconds of running data, right? Chad was saying it took us about 10 minutes, but from the time we, yeah, put the markers on, did the gate analysis, touch a cue, did another one, it was 10 minutes, right? It's a quick process. So everything is is tried to be really packaged so that both the clinician and the, the runner have everything that they need to just focus on making the results happen. Yeah. Doug, you started to talk about the business opportunity there and what you're doing with the, uh, is it Omega Running Project? Or Omega Project? Omega Project. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I think that would be great. So, you know, predominantly our listeners are private practice owners. The current environment is we're getting pounded, you know, with downward pressure on declining reimbursements and uh, upward pressure on cost to do business. So many of us are looking for ways to mitigate that or, you know, make up for lost revenues. To me, when I was talking with you um, at the event about Run DNA, that just screamed answer, you know completely in terms of um, what you share, not only what you're doing, but what other practices are doing as well. Can you talk about that a little bit, the business model and how that's working out? Yeah, it's we've seen a really great return on it. Um, to be fully honest, we never really advertised it a whole lot because we had the military stuff going on and we've just really started kind of getting out of the community and um, and so we have you know a lot of sites across the world using this and just we're still learning just how much utility there is from a, a business standpoint and a return on investment. So, I mean, I started Omega Project in 2018 kind of as a flagship to demonstrate, hey, we have this 3D motion analysis system. We've got the education, the systematic approach. Let's show you how this works, right? And let's put it all together here. So um, the typical model that we we see is somebody does a gate analysis. We charge $349 for an evaluation I have anywhere between a four to six week wait list um, for getting in for these evaluations, just because we, it's very valued. A runner sees this and they, you know, runners are introverts until it comes to talking about running. And then they want to talk nonstop and tell you about all the great things that they're doing and their training and their gait analysis. So, um, you know, our, our model here is that we've been really focused on the endurance athletes, but a lot of our clinics that we're doing are also adding this as a cash-based service to be able to say this is a, a clear, logical cash-based service that there are so many different opportunities. What I love is, you know, we really are developing this whole community of people that are offering gate analysis as a service and we're learning from them. We're sharing that message about all the different business models. So if for the pure runner model, right, we see that there are, hey, you come in, we charge 349 for a gate analysis. And then we say, this is what we think is really the 
beneficial plan that is going to help you to adopt these changes. Most of these people coming to you are frustrated. They've been to maybe multiple providers. They've had multiple injuries. They are committed and motivated and ready. I never have to worry about somebody doing their home exercise program or doing their exercises, right? Because they they felt that difference. So we do, it's an hour and a half session. We really get them in. Some places do an hour. We tend to do an hour and a half. We have a long wait for getting in. So we want to make sure that we get a lot done and people travel a good bit for this. Um, so we really want to make sure that we have have that time and availability. Uh, but then we'll present a plan of care and typically, you know, we'll look at the runner readiness and say, hey, we see these two mobility deficits, and the strength deficit or motor control limitation. Um, I think we're going to need three sessions where we're focusing on this. I want to see you in seven to 10 days so that we can give you feedback about your form. I want to see you again at one month. I want to see you again at three months to make sure that you're continuing to do the form and to make any changes. A lot of times we will change the gait and stages even. You know, we talked about cadence. If somebody's coming from 150 cadence and maybe we need to get them to 165, 170, you know, we might need to focus on that before we can have them focus on that knee drive or their lean angle or their bouncing. And we might stage these things and put a plan together, but we put a typical plan of care together that ranges anywhere from $1,200 to $1,500. Um, and then we'll offer an upfront payment discount to get them in the door. And it's it's a pretty easy, you know, hey, where do I sign type thing? Because they really have felt that difference and they've seen it and you've been able to show it to them. Um, so that's been a really good one. But because of the portability of the 3D motion analysis system too, we also will do screens and we'll even go to facilities. So we do like a screen night. One of the things we did recently at Omega Project this year, which, um, you know, we made, uh, we had, I think we made almost $4,000 in the first week of doing this. We started a run club and with screen nights, because of how quick it is, you can get somebody through in five to 10 minutes and offer a lot of value. So our run club for 60 bucks a year we say, well, come in, be, you know, come to our group runs, but you get two gate screens and we run quarterly gate screens and people come in and they can just check up on their form. So we had 60 people sign up for that in the first week of announcing that. And that was a huge impact. And then I had all my clinicians schedules filled because the people coming in for the gate screen, they started telling me about their aches and pains. And I was like, well, Hey, why don't we address this? Like, why don't you come in let's fix this ankle. Let's, let's work on that. Um, so it was a really good, almost kind of getting paid to market to them, um, because they're, they're engaged, but they're looking for answers and they're looking for guidance on that. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you about that, about the tail. Cause my guess is, uh, they're significant. If I'm seeing you for a gait analysis and I have a, an injury or a pain point while I'm running, I'm definitely coming directly to you immediately before I think about doing anything else. Yes, you get that loyalty. They are loyal to you forever. And you are an instant expert in their mind. It gives a validation to what you're doing. And you might be saying the same thing, but like that external validation sometimes makes a big difference in the eyes of, you know, I, I love this as a clinical tool, but, you know, we've come to realize too, the clinician in me has, has started to see the business side that there's, there's a real value in a different service, a competitive landscape, you know, if you're, you're trying to make a name for yourself, working with athletes um, or, you know, athletes that run, it, it really is is a, a big marketing tool as well. And and a, and a viable business model, we kind of call it like a turnkey business in a box. It shows up in a 
big, large rifle case and you're ready to go. And it's like, all right, let's start your gain analysis business. Um, because there, there really are a lot of opportunities even outside of the running community too. Nice. So, um, I have some, a couple of things I want to ask you about the logistics of that. Before we get into that, um, other than just runners, what other applications, um, are there outside the running community for those of us that might have some runners coming through, but we're not in a huge running community. Yeah, we see this a lot. I think, you know, still on the sports side of things, we really see a lot of return to play um, and athletes that run. So um, field sport athletes, we, and when we first started Omega Project Up, we used to bring in whole um, soccer teams and whole field hockey teams and, uh, you know, basketball teams even. I've, I've, this year, this past year, I've worked with several MLB players even that have really come in and worked with those teams that they're working on improving their sprint mechanics and doing those things. So um, you can go and one of the things with these screen nights, you can schedule people, depending on the number of providers you have, you can schedule people every five to 10 minutes and we charge $100 a person for that. So you can run anywhere from 600 to $1,200 an hour of getting these teams to come in. And we would say, hey, if you get six or more people, we'll give you a group discount give it to you for $50 a person or whatever it was. And we would get these teams coming in and then it's a market and an introduction of those teams. Um, that's kind of on almost a wellness injury prevention side. On the flip side of the return to play side, doing a gait analysis for somebody returning from a surgery is a, is a huge benefit there. We really see, you know, we're looking at things like range of motion and strength and we're looking at symmetries, but I think, a big clinical hole that we have is looking at those movement patterns of gait, uh, walking gait and running gait. Um, and on the orthopedic side, you know, walking gait is something that you can do with the system as well. And I've got a lot of great stories about, you know, patients that we've used this even for just regular walking, post-op total knee, or somebody that had chronic back pain and we fixed the, you know, we fixed their walking and all of a sudden their back didn't hurt anymore. Um, so it's, it's a clinical tool that I think we're, as a profession, we really want to objectify everything that we're doing and demonstrate our value. And I think this is an essential part of that, that a lot of practices are, there's a little hole in our, our demonstration of the value to the clinicians, to our referral sources, to our patients about how we can really make an impact. Nice. Uh, I know you said you have a lot of stories. Is there one that stands out like the tibial plateau fracture or something like, yeah. 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 So we, uh, we were chatting a little bit before we had a really great story. Um, so I had a patient come in tibial plateau fracture from skiing, right? Skiing is, is great for our business of PT. Unfortunately, there are lots of injuries and I'm terrified to go skiing myself just because of karma, but, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of the things we had a patient come in tibial plateau fracture and they had seen somebody else. Um, and they came to me, uh, they were getting ready to return to run. And we, so we, I started working with them a little late, uh, later in the game in the rehab at about, um, five or six months post-operative. Um, there were some other mobility things that we had to address, but we, we did a gait analysis and it made a huge difference. And a patient was able to get back to full return to run, a uh, big tennis player actually, and, and really able to do a lot with paddle and pickle and tennis or playing uh, you know, uh, multiple times a week and just saw the gait analysis and they, they like to run to stay fit for that. And that made a really big difference for them that th they showed a big impact, but then they came back and they were really happy. Like I can still run, but I'm having pain with walking now and I'm having some issues with this. 
And what I had noticed that they, the person had lost about five or six degrees of terminal knee extension where they were lacking compared to the other side. And I'm like, well, you know, what's going on? Did anything change or, or what? And you're like, no. Does it hurt with running? No. Um, did you change anything? Nothing had changed. So I said, well, you know what? Let's look at your walking gait and let's see what that looks like. So we did a 3D analysis for walking gait and found that terminal knee extension on that side and push off at terminal stance was significantly different from the other side. And the patient saw that and it really clicked for them. Wow, well, that is different. And so we even did some gait retraining right there, right on the treadmill. We showed them the difference. We reevaluated. We did some live feedback to show them that they were like making a difference there. Um, and so then the patient comes back a month later and they're like, I have no pain now. And that, that extension that was five or six degrees lacking, they were symmetrical. They had no issues. So it was finding that critical piece of the puzzle to say, you know, we needed to change something and just stretching or strengthening wasn't going to change that movement pattern. I mean, one of the things we teach in the course is like mobility is not ability. Just because I would stretch that person out and give them full terminal extension doesn't mean that they're going to use it when they walk. And we need to close that loop and we need to give them the reassurance that they're focusing on the right thing. So that was, yeah, that was a fun story that we just really saw how we use the 3D analysis, both for running and walking and how it had a big impact in both scenarios. That's great. The uh, one big point that just as you're talking and uh, specifically about the business opportunity, I'm, I'm guessing that with all the different things that you're talking about, you're averaging like $250 to $300 an hour in cash and revenue. Is that about right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For the gate analysis, those things, the follow-up sessions are about $200 an hour um, okay. for that. Um, and then, so yeah, the typical uh, averaging probably just over 200 uh, between the follow-up sessions and the gate analysis as, as the large sessions. And then because we include those gate screens at 100, so that kind of lowers the average. But yeah, we're, we're a little over 200 an hour um, right. averaging that. So way higher than the average PT at 105-ish an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Probably double that. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, the logistics. So I want to put Run DNA uh, in my clinic and use Helix 3D other than a laptop and a treadmill. Is there anything else that I would need outside of the equipment? Any anything else? Uh, yeah. No, we even provide the laptop. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Because yeah, right. yeah, yeah, it comes with a laptop. It, yeah, highly. Uh, it's a very easy to use program, but it's graphically intense um, and, and processor intense. So we include a laptop that has a high enough processor. Um, so it, it comes with everything that you need. But all you really need is a flat treadmill with four to five feet of space behind it. And that's it. Um, it literally, I've done this on some of the worst treadmills and I've done this on some of the nicest treadmills in the world. It doesn't matter. Um, as long as you have a nice treadmill that you can use it with a couple feet of space behind it, it's something that can go up and come down. So if you don't want it to be in a walkway and you're just going to say, Hey, we're going to do gate analysis on Tuesday and Thursday evenings and Friday mornings, you just put it up. It takes two minutes to put the cameras on the, uh, on the tripod stand and you're ready to go. Yep. And I forgot to tell you, I did have one sensor on my sneaker when I got 
when I got uh, open. Did, uh, <laughs> a little memento. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, that, that was wonderful. Um, yeah, so th- that's pretty straightforward. I didn't know that about the laptop. That's super helpful. And uh, yep. that makes a lot of sense. And then the treadmill, any clinic treadmill would work. Are there um, ideal... So if I'm listening to this, I'm a practice owner, I'm looking to add cash pay service. I have endurance athletes in my area, whether, I mean, I think we all have at least one running club in our area with, you know, right. 5k event, right? We all, we all should have that, I would think. Um, so at least some people running, I want to launch this. I only, only need the treadmill. Is there anything else, um, that we should be thinking about or, maybe the practices that have implemented this the best, what they have done with regards to their implementation that you see that is really contributing to their success and acceptance in the community? Yes, um, there's a, the, it's a great question. And I think one of, of the most important things for success, and you know, we, we are very invested in making people successful with this. I'm a clinician. I don't want this gathering dust. I don't want this to be another thing that's sitting in the clinic that is not being utilized. I think this should be going. We actually had a great story. I was at the Chicago Marathon. We were at the expo and one of our clinicians came up to us and told us a story. They're like, oh yeah, I used to take it down and put it, you know, I, we only did it on two nights a week. And they're like, I just leave it up now. It's constantly, it's being used three or four times a day. So I'm not putting it away because we're using it all the time there. And that's that's what we really want is just constant utilization of it there. So I would say the most important thing um, is a champion. You need somebody that is like, I want to be the running person. I want to do gait analysis. I want to do these things. I think that that is a critical component um, because runners, you know, they don't, care much you know until they know how much you care type thing there is a there is a little mix of that right they want somebody that understands what they're doing um as opposed to just you know it's, it's got to be genuine hey i want to help runners i want to do that so i think a champion and we've seen that actually as a really good employee retention thing where it, you know people want to be utilizing high technology they want to work with athletes they want to do this it's a great aspect of there so um, as far as things like implementation wise we actually are starting up a new program because we've really been talking to our customers a lot and seeing, um, you know, I we had a new customer that came on on um, today is Tuesday. I think we delivered the unit on Thursday and they've done ten gate analysis already, and we said, great, you know, like you you know you made almost four thousand dollars in not even the first week that you have the unit there, like great. Um, and we talked about that. And, and so what we've done is we're starting a program too, because we also know that, um, you know, the, the way that the, the model works is, and we've typically done it, is you purchase the, the Helix 3D um, and that gets you the laptop, the cameras, the accessories. And, and there's a lot of clinics that that's a great fit for. Um, you know, we all know that at the end of the year, everyone's looking for section 179 of the tax code to save dollars and things like that. But you know, not every clinic um, it has the the capital funds for that. So we're actually starting a strategic site program um, where it's actually an onboarding program. We are, you know, we want to just walk through this program with you and make sure you're successful and sharing what the 30-day rollout looks like and, and how to get started with this and 
how to do things like the run club and how to use um like we have some great ideas about teaming up with race directors and how to get a list of runners and a list of email addresses from race directors by offering them you know a discount or some really great benefits or some training programs that stuff we've already developed we've already built we have been pooling those resources together and we're we're launching this strategic site program just of like people that really want to say hey we want to get we want this we want to know that we've got a community around it and because that's that's really our mission statement is is elevating that running community so this isn't something that we really want like just think of as a capital equipment and good luck and you know let us know how you do this this is a partnership that we're really looking to to work together for nice um i had a note here that i also wanted to ask you about uh research because i know in preparation for this i think you sent over You've been published uh, seven or eight times, at least in the what you've sent over. I'm guessing it's even more than that. Anything that you'd like to share that is either surprising in the literature or something new that you've seen uh, related to running and the running community? Um, yeah, the seminal work you've done, anything like that at all, Doug? Open to share. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I my own research is really focused a lot on uh, early on was ACLs and a lot with uh, post-op and return to play. And then it's been mostly gait analysis focused since then. Um, gait retraining, we did a lot even with wearable technologies and how we can utilize wearable technologies um, and how like one of the studies, so there was a study that I did and we we compared a, an advanced 3D motion analysis system to a wearable device. And we looked at some of the metrics that everyone looks at of their watch and maybe doesn't understand, well, what is vertical oscillation or cadence or ground contact time? Um, you know, one of the biggest findings that I think I really was proud of for that study, and I forget if that was JOSPT or IJSPT, but um, I forget which one. It, it was in 2016 and 2018. Um, but one of the things that we found was when we used some of the cues to change people's form, there was a whole downstream effect of other things that really improved on it. Right. When you get to that upstream solution, like the root and the priority of all of those things, there's so much downstream that happens. And that what we that's what we really saw where we were trying to change cadence on somebody and all of a sudden their bouncing went down, their pelvic drop went down, everything improved. When we did this one cue, everything else got better. And I'll I'll say that that relates to one of my favorite articles that came out um, in Geez, I, it might have been November of 21. It might have been already a year, uh, but it was a great article in JOSPT about managing bone stress injuries. And one of the best statistics that I saw on there, and what I encourage people to really be hopeful about doing gait analysis, is that if you reduce the stress of each step when you're running by 10%, you can run twice as far before your body breaks down. 10% is very doable. That is not a hard to obtain change in reducing the stress. So if there's clinicians out there that think, I don't know if I have the skills, I don't know if I can make a big enough difference. Uh, my my whole message to you is that yes, you can, right? It is it's far easier if you have the tools, if you have the knowledge, knowing what to focus on and getting that upstream priority you're going to see a whole myriad of things that really benefit it, the runner. And they're going to look at you like a hero. 
right? The, one of our uh, slogans for our courses is like, be a hero to runners. And it doesn't take a whole lot, but you, you have to know where to start and, and what to focus on. And it makes a big difference, but it's not really that hard to do if you're focusing on the right thing. So that's like, that's a big part about the running lecture. There's always changing. And I, I learn things about running all the time. I love just that I learned something. This is a little odd story, but I learned something about running from the weather channel app the other day about uh, how our body uses in cold weather. We don't use as much fat storage. We use more carbohydrates. So if you're running in the winter, you might not want to do as many fasted runs, or if you're, you might expect your performance to go down. I learned that from the Weather Channel app, right? And of course, I researched a ton. I went down a whole rabbit hole there, but they had that running index on the Weather app. I was like, what? Like, let's see what the science is behind this running index. And just went down a complete rabbit hole. But there's always something to learn about running that I just, I love. It is a very rewarding career path. I just, you can dive as much into the running literature as you want about it. It's just a never-ending source of learning and enjoyment. Yeah, that uh, I, I appreciate you diving into that, Doug. And I, it, this is a, a statement of admiration, and I hope it lands well for you. Very rarely have I seen somebody that will send me a list of published articles like this that is heavy into, uh, let's call it the academic world, academia, make a successful transition jump over to business. Um and do it as well as you have. I mean, you're the complete package, everything that you have here with Run DNA, like thinking the whole community building through, very difficult to execute. And you have a successful private practice as well. So well done. Um, do you have some sort of business background before you got into academia or is this all new for you? Uh, it kind of learn as you go, but thank you. I, I really appreciate it, especially coming from you, Chad. That, that means a whole lot. Uh, I, I hold you at the highest esteem, and that that's uh, you, you did make my day. You said you were going to make my day at the start of this podcast. You definitely did. Uh, <laughs> Good. So, uh, yes, uh, but it. Um, I uh, no, no, I did do uh, part of an MBA during PT school. Uh, but I was working full-time during PT school as well and doing an MBA and it got to be a little too much. So I did do uh, about a little over half of that and just saw not as much utility um, and really wanted, but I've always been entrepreneurial, um, had businesses, bought my first car a year before I could drive type thing just because of businesses and things. So I've, I've always been very entrepreneurial and it, I just think um, the the PT profession is such a great profession and we just really want to um, bring solutions that are helpful. And I figure if, if it's helpful to me, um, you know, hopefully we can make it helpful to others. And I just, we really want to bring the community together and all learn together how we can make this. Cause like you brought up earlier, I mean, everyone is looking for diversifying payment um, and, and how they can really improve on just making it a business that we can really be proud of, but also working with patients that we enjoy and, and making an impact. And that's what we're really here for. Awesome. Doug, what's the best way for our listeners to to find you, get in contact with you, learn more about Run DNA? Yeah. If anyone has questions, I'm feeling like my email, reach out to me. We have people reach out to me all the time. I like a pretty responsive to email. So Doug at rundna.com, D-O-U-G at rundna.com. Feel free to reach out. Love to hear your stories and what you're interested in. Um, and then also we, uh, by the time, 
in two days, we're having a brand new website launch. We I wrote a bunch more like great articles and posts and we've been doing all that. So um, just going to, you know, www.rundna.com. And that's where you can learn a lot more about the courses, uh, see the Helix 3D in action. Um, you know, we've got a live course coming up in New York City in two weeks and we've got a lot of things going on. So I'd say um, social media wise, Instagram is probably the one that we're most active on um, at Run DNA System uh, is the Instagram handle, but uh, website and feel free to reach out to me directly there. I'd love to hear what you're doing with running. Awesome. Doug Adams, everybody, CEO of Run DNA. Thank you so much for, for doing this, Doug. This was great. Thanks for having me on, Chad. Yeah, really appreciate it. Are you a practice owner with a growth mindset? You're looking to grow your revenues, leave a bigger impact, build a legacy, and help more people in your practice, yet at the same time, you're dealing with the big challenges and headwinds like declining reimbursements, increased cost of doing business because of inflation, how to incentivize your staff or deciding where's the best place to run your online ads. Growing a practice can be absolutely overwhelming. To help, Breakthrough has put together a unique offer that I think you'll be interested in. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast can schedule a risk-free growth consultation with a Breakthrough Growth Expert. On that call, you'll walk through what you're currently doing in your practice and what you could be doing to increase the demand for your services. Breakthrough's mission is to help people overcome their health challenges naturally. And the best way for them to do that is by helping private practice owners just like you through building more demand for your services. Go to breakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer to take advantage of this unique opportunity. On that call, you'll learn the key principles of how practice owners are helping more people, creating a bigger impact, and building better businesses with Breakthrough Systems. As an added bonus, the team at Breakthrough is giving a $50 Amazon gift card to any of the podcast listeners who attend the growth consultation. Sign up for your growth consultation and $50 gift card at getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer. Again, that's getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.